Today's Hope FM Breakfast Show is brought to you by Chester Pierce Funeral Service. For individual support as unique as your loved one, visit chesterpierce.com. Well, with the time at 18 minutes after 8 o'clock today, we turn our attention to the field of local government. Now, uh, Councillor Bobby Dove uh, is uh, one of the elected members for the Little Down and Eiford Ward, but she's also the lead member for e- Equalities. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning and good morning to your peers and thank you for having me on your show this morning. It's a pleasure. Now, I mean, obviously you're busy enough as a ward councillor, but then you have this brand new role that's been given to you as the lead member for Equalities. Now, for the completely uninitiated, Bobby, what what does that actually mean, lead member? Okay, so I'm attached to the cabinet. Um, the leader of the council has 10 cabinet members, including himself, which would take responsibility for certain areas. And he's also decided with an area as big as BCP that we need support and we need to focus on certain areas, particularly as a, as a priority. So he's appointed um, six other additional members who are lead members. They work with the cabinet and support the cabinet. Um, and, for example, you could have community engagement as one of the lead members, homelessness as another, and Equalities is my remit. Now, Equalities is quite a big remit, did, uh, and it covers, it covers many areas. And, of course, if we've been having Equalities in one way or another coming out of our television screens left, right and, and, and centre, even, dare I say, in the recent interview with the two prominent royals, you know. But uh, did you, I mean, with it being such a big subject, were, were you given sort of a, a bit of a briefing as to what sort of things to focus down on locally? Um. No, I suppose my starting point was last June when we saw the events that were um, occurring over in, in, in the States. And actually, for the first time ever, because we've had these spikes of you know incidents before, but for the first time ever, it was a global um, response, wasn't it? So I started off inquiring to the council, what is our response to Black Lives Matter? What are we doing? And how are we going to say in a year on what changes we've brought about. Now, I appreciate, obviously, Bournemouth, Christchurch and Paul is not like some um, some busy states in, in, in America. But it was, let's understand, because we did have people who were putting their lives at risk to March during those months of June. And that's where my role sort of started out, trying to understand what that was. Um, and then I suppose upon my appointment, there were three areas that I really, really wanted to concentrate on. Firstly, was our community response and, and how we get them more involved in prominent parts of our lives. Um, secondly, how our front-facing media represents everybody. So we have um, mixed-race families. We have people with disability on all of our sort of media messaging, etc., going out. Because it was very, um, very typical. And then thirdly... How do we support our officers to make sure that equalities isn't everything that we do? Um, we all have, you're right, we've all been speaking about equalities and sometimes it's embedded so deep within structures that you have to look very hard to find it. So we want to make it more obvious and make sure that when we are rebuilding this new council, because it's exciting times, you know, with the 12th largest council, it's early days, but actually people are at the very heart of it and that's, that's the equalities remit. 
Well, it's a big, it's a big remit, and and of course, with the uh, as you were speaking there about about the importance of inclusion and so on, I was thinking about the census, which of course is going to be arriving on all our doorsteps over the next few weeks. And Census Day is the twenty third of March, and I did have actually done an interview uh-huh. with 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 them. But one of the things I know that they've been bending over backwards is to to give attention because this will be the first time that the census will be done digitally but what they're bending over backwards to make sure that that all sorts of groups in society uh, the harder to reach groups you know the the elder who elderly who haven't got internet the people with with disability people you know from uh, from ethnic backgrounds and so on they're doing as much as they can to ensure that that these people are a reached and and are given support you know to do it and i, I guess that 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 in, in many ways, would would fall into your remit. It's a, it's a sort of practical outworking, isn't it, of of the importance of equalities. Um, it really is because how do we design services that meet the needs of all our residents if we don't know who they are? And so, when um, so a piece of work that we're doing at the moment is trying to explain to people why we ask these questions. When you fill a question on rows. Why do we ask you how old you are, what your sexuality is, what colour you may be? It's to make sure that we get a full breadth of everybody's opinions to ensure that everybody is heard. And the census is exactly that. You know, with 25% of our population having some form of disability or or of one kind or another, it's really important that they absolutely complete those census forms because how are we going to deliver everything that they need, everything that our communities need, if we don't know who they are, where they are, um, and what sort of um, difficulties and challenges our communities face um, on a daily basis. Well, let's have your first piece of music. And may I say, you've got a very good taste in music, you know. Uh, so your, your, your first song is by Love Affair and Everlasting Love. Why this one, Bobby? Um... So the two pieces I've chosen is one for my mum, one for my um, my dad, who are incredible role models to me. Um, and so this is a soundtrack from, um, it just takes me back to being a little girl running up and down the hallway, listening to my mum in the kitchen singing. Um, and so, yes, yeah, this one's for my mum. Well, mum, if you're listening, this is for you. Well, one thing is clear, and that is that Bobby's mom and dad, for that matter, have got a great, a, a great sense of music. You know, that's <laughs> the love affair and uh, everlasting love. And that was for your mom, Bobby, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Um, and a few years ago, for Black um, History Month, I was asked to speak about being the first person of, of colour on on the council at, at Bournemouth in 2015. And part of it was she's my role model, and it had to be my mum. It absolutely had to be my mum. And there are are people who have influenced us. But as in terms of role models and people I would like to look up to and aspire to, to be just a fraction.
question of who they are, then, then it's my mum. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now, of course, obviously, I mean, you, you've mentioned there the importance of family and influences, and we're all brought up we, uh, in different cultures, you know, and I guess we become very often the people uh, uh, that we are because of the influences that are upon us. And, and, of course, those influences can be and are mainly positive, but, of course, they can be negative as well. Be- being actually brought up, you know, y- yourself uh, as a person of colour, did, did, did you have any struggles? Did did, did, did anybody have a go at you because of because of your of your color did you did you have that personal experience of that so i was really fortunate i went to a very small um cab school and then to a roman catholic um secondary school and throughout i was always just bobby so i had nothing negative um what i'm seeing now however is 20 years on with my children um that actually they're facing stuff that for some reason 2016 seemed to unlock something in people whereby you could have these conversations around your children where there was overt racism being displayed and that's now being carried into the schools. Of course, it's, it tends to be, doesn't it, small groups of, of, of quite powerful activists that sort of stir stir the pot, don't they? And, and, and in a very real sense, don't really help things that can help to divide rather than to bring people together. I, I guess that one of the challenges that you will have uh, will be in... in highlighting the positive and bringing people together because despite what we may see on our television screens there's quite a bit of working together and that that has been evident hasn't it during this time of covid and lockdown it it really really has so one of the things that we found um, in the first wave of lockdown was 99 percent of our volunteers were white and 99 percent of the recipients of the program were also white but we knew therefore that Actually, communities must have just got on and um, sorted something out for themselves. And so through that, we've, um, at the council, have devised a community equality champions network. So where all these different communities now come in and they now feed into the council and they talk about their experiences and they talk about where the gaps are and what we can do to assist them. Um, and, and this is across all sectors. So, for example... Um, Public Health England now have the Trusted Voices campaign and that's seen an incredible success through the council and through Public Health Dorset where we've seen people who are fearful of taking the vaccine, for example, um, increase in their numbers. And we've made that easier so we've allowed um, vaccine programmes to be run through mosques and through communities with people that they trust, with um, opinions who they will trust and therefore their faith and their confidence in in the vaccine program or anything else that's been delivered in terms of services um, can be increased. And of course, as you quite rightly said, by having the vaccine service delivered, you know, uh, in the mosques and so on, that that has seen, uh, you know, a rise in people, you know, actually taking the vaccine. So could you then follow on from that by saying it's the little things that we do uh, that actually can build bridges and make make a, an enormous difference to people? Um, I think it is, and that's exactly um, something that I was hearing that last week at a conference about careless and lazy language, which has the biggest effect upon people who share protected characteristics. Protected characteristics, of course, are those that... Um, define us through our age, our disability, gender reassignment, pregnancy, maternity, religion, race or belief, 
sex and sexual orientation. And so I think with that now, we're seeing people more aware of their language because they understand the impact that it has on people. Um, I'm sorry, I've just forgotten the um, question about the small actions. But you're right, it is those small actions that we see that are amplified through the communities. So, you know, we, we, we are um, societal animals, aren't we? And when you have those few individuals that lead by example, and, and it makes us feel good when you see the, the, um, the outcomes of that reward, uh, of the good deeds that you've done, it, we are then inclined to do that even more. And, and, and by result, result our neighbours start to do that and our friends start to do that and our colleagues start to do that and I think that's where Covid has really really shown the worst but also the very very good um, of our people across BCP. And I think also the, the term advocacy comes in, doesn't it? Because very often, you know, whether it be disability or, or, or the colour of our skin or, or, or whatever, it's, it can be quite difficult for many, many people in society and they need people to fight on their behalf or to hold their hand through challenging situations, whether they're being assessed, you know, for their, for their PIP, dare I say it, and all the, the various other uh, assessments that go on, or even in the census itself coming our way, that people just need that little bit of help. And, and of course, people in society c- who can act as advocates in promoting that and holding people's hands is, is really, really important, isn't it? Um, I think advocacy, um, and by default, therefore, allowing the individual at the heart of this, having a voice to be heard and to be understood, um, is key to anything that we do. So, um, as you know, I am a mum of a little boy who finds life extremely hard <laughs> and finds life very much life very challenging. And I have been his advocate. I have said, "Hang on a minute. You know what? In school, this is what he finds hard. This is his needs. This is how he needs to be heard." And there are parents up and down this country, and carers up and down this country, who are advocates for their loved ones. And so be, by default, they would obviously also be included within our recognised characteristics of people that we will look out for and care for and consider in everything that we do at the council. Well, you're, you, obviously you're new into the role. You've got a lot to get your, your, your teeth into. And in, 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 these, in these early days, are, are, you, are you encouraged? And, and, and what do you, you think? I mean, this, this might be a difficult question, but so far, what's been the toughest part of your job? um culture culture i think is the biggest thing i don't believe that anyone that i've met yet within the council are are bigots in any way or have prejudice in any way but as with any large organization and we are one of the largest employees on the south coast we have policies and we have procedures so we can change those but actually people always do when they come in turn on the computer the same thing that they've done the day before <laughs> and and it just needs perhaps that step back that time that thought to say i know i did it this way yesterday but actually how am i going to change what i do and we're doing that we're supporting that we're bringing in a whole load of um, more training but but a different kind of um training a hands-on flesh on the bone sort of training we've set up different um equality champions um in different areas of the council so someone in part has someone to talk to and it can be um gardeners in, in, in parks department for example will think equality doesn't really affect me i just plant trees 
But we know women, for example, feel more unsafe when they go through wooded areas. So when we're planting up our paths and our, our woodlands or our parks, let's move those trees away. Let, let's have some open areas around the areas where women would walk, for example. Let's think about lighting and, and just little things like that, which we can do, but will make the biggest difference to make sure that everybody who either works in BCP, lives in BCP or visits BCP, feels safe. Well, on that note, Bobby, thank you so much for joining me on the program. We wish you uh, well with this challenging but very, very important role uh, that that you have in raising awareness for equalities and also working on those multiplicity of small things that actually can make you know a big difference uh, to all of us. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts, and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.